we'd like to welcome you back to our current event and weekly Bible study for July 13th, 2008. And uh, actually, I guess this is part four. We're going to continue with this article that was reading from regarding Todd Bentley and the occult and witchcraft and these types of things. Across the sea in the United Kingdom, Brighton, evidently a city, proudly wears the title these days of Capital of the Occult. Or actually it's called Occulture. Like culture, it's the occulture. Okay? It's kind of a play on words. This year's occulture activities exhibited bigger than ever venues. Sacred music and dance, clairvoyance, psychic and tarot card readers, chakra, traditional witchcraft, tattooing, piercing. Hey, Todd Bentley would have fit in great. He really would have. And he would have said his father told him to go there and got all these, you know, that's what he said. And then they got into things like fetish, Satanism, shamanism, transcendent techniques, and lectures favoring paganism from the original Book of Shadows which is a witchcraft manual. So they had a huge festival. Okay? Capital of the occult. A city within the United Kingdom. And then there was the Pleasure Dome, where magicians, sorcerers, and witches discuss their trade. Should be their craft. Including Mog Morgan, founder of the Golden Dawn Occult Society. I don't think he's the founder. He might be the current president, but he's not the founder. Uh, Golden Dawn. Hermetic Order, the Golden Dawn, or the Thalmic Order. He's not the founder. That was, uh, well, Crowley came in right after. There was another guy. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. But Ralph Harvey, a prominent Wiccan high priest in Emery's, a shaman of the Cromlech Covenant. Hmm. What does that thing to do with Crowley? Well, anyway, these are some of the people that were there at this at this particular event. On the heels of this, in the United States, we have the Burning Man, which has grown to become the largest ever, surpassing um, last year's 33,000 participants as the number of earth-worshipping pagans swell the ranks of party-goers across Canada, Brazil, Germany, Russia, and 25 other countries. They all come to an isolated corner of the Black Rock Desert in Nevada. Now, this Burning Man... Um, is a clothing optional event that offers a no-holds-bar Woodstock-style festival where neo-pagans, Wiccans, witches, transvestites, and curiosity seekers and old hippies can go to trance, perform rituals, burn sacrifices to their deities, fornicate, and otherwise express themselves freely. This is going on every year in the U.S., and it's getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Evil men and seducers are waxing worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived, just as the Bible said. <clears throat> a 40-foot-high effigy burning man will be torched as the usual together with just about everything else at the close of the festivities at this burning man. Now, we've done a whole teaching on Halloween and the called the Wicker Man. You might want to check that out to see the true origins of Halloween. Because it's very, very similar to this, where they burn these, these things in effigy. <clears throat> the spirit of the occult has existed since the beginning of time, like an insidious cancer, unseen, patient, deadly. It has grown. See, a lot of it does have to do with these types of events that are taking place. Because these witches, these warlocks, and now people like Todd Bentley, plants within the pseudo-Christian church, people of different and various religions, who are high-level occultists, are opening these doors that we're talking about, these gateways, these stargates, to let these demonic entities enter in to our plane of existence. It's like, and the more they let in, the more defiled humanity becomes. It's all by design. Now you'd say, oh no, there's no biblical precedent for that. Yes, there is. When they open up the bottomless pit in the book of Revelation, you know, and the locusts come out, these types of things, but they're more of a they're, they're a demonic form of that. And then, and then the, um, the angels that are bound in the river Euphrates that are going to be released. This is along those exact same lines. So we're not talking about something that doesn't have biblical backing. Indications of its presence have been felt occasionally in confirmations 
of his actuality have been documented from Brighton to Washington, D.C. This is the spirit of the occult that he was talking about. As we approach the accumulation of the, quote, new order of the ages, hey, just look at the back of your $1 American bill. Anut Coeptus Novus Order Secorum, those, those things over the truncated pyramid with the all-seeing eye of Horus or Lucifer over it, Anut Coeptus means announcing the birth, Novus Order Secorum, of the New World Order. Announcing the birth of the New World Order, right on the back of your $1 bill. That is a whole study in the occult itself. 13 levels to the pyramid. I mean, I, I don't even want to go down that rabbit trail. It's too, too vast. But, the New Order of the Ages, that occult experts forecast a continuing revival of such mysticism and paganism, while the church attendance continues to decline across the United States and Britain, adherence of the occult, while it doesn't really de continue to decline at, you know, Smiley Joe, Osteen, or probably a lot of these other feel-good gospel guy, kind of guys, but while church attendance continues to decline, adherents of the occult expand their, quote, services to meet the desires and mystical interests of a spiritually hungry world. New Age adherent Judy Vorfield says, quote, dabbling in the realm of the occult is currently stylish. Even some Christians seem unable to avoid the attraction of this colorful, seductive world. Yeah, just go up and see Todd Bentley. You'll see a lot of Christians that can't avoid the seduction of it. The Apostle Paul was absolutely amazed when he returned to the Galatian church to find those people that he had taught about Jesus totally bewitched. He asked them in Galatians 3.1, O foolish Galatians, who have bewitched you that ye should not obey the truth? Bewitched. Not obey what? The truth. Huh, the truth. Isn't it always, doesn't it always kind of seem to boil back to the truth that is really, it's what sets you free? If you continue in his word, then are you my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. The only way you're going to know the truth is if you continue in his word. That's what Jesus Christ said. And it's kind of funny that, that the Lord said in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, where he talks about, you know, and the Lord will send the strong delusion that they will believe a lie, that they might all be damned to receive not the love of the truth. The truth. Truth is pretty important. So he's asking these Galatians, who have bewitched them? They should not obey the truth. Before whose eyes Jesus Christ have been evidently set forth, crucified among you. So Paul saw these Christians were being led blindly and unresistingly into their own destruction. That is foolish for having yielded to the influence of the false teachers. Exactly, again, what's going on up in Lakeland and across America and for having embraced doctrines that tended to subvert the gospel of Jesus Christ. They had shown it in a remarkable manner in the rejecting of the doctrine of the Bible and embracing the errors in which they had fallen into. The Apostle Paul also warns people of the dangers of seeking extra-biblical answers to their problems. Wherein in times past, Ephesians 3, 1, 2, and 3, where in times past you walked according to the course of the world, the world. Are you walking according to the course of the world or the word? So either you're either you're walking in the manner of the course of the world or you're walking in manner in accordance to the word of God. But you can't have it both ways. You can't bow the knee to Baal and to the Lord Jesus Christ. So wherein in times past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air. Now again, now this gets back into the whole spiritual battle that we're in. You know? The prince of this world has blinded their eyes that they cannot see. Most people are walking according to the prince of the power of the air. Most likely a reference to Satan here. The spirit, now this prince of the power of the air, is the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. Remember, obedience is better than sacrifice. So that same spirit is working in these children of disobedience. All these ones that are up there brainwashed to Todd Bentley. Are they in obedience to God? Or are they in disobedience? What does that show them to be? Children of disobedience. In fact, really that's more grievous than somebody that's 
doesn't claim to be a Christian, that maybe, let's say they're a Satanist, worst case scenario. Well, at least they're honest about what they're doing. But somebody that's a Christian, that's going up to like something like Bentley, or one of these other crazy things within the pseudo-Christian movement, I believe that's more grievous to the Lord. Because they're doing it under the guise of Jesus Christ. And then it goes on to say, Among whom, also, we all had our conversation in times past. So, again, don't think more highly of yourself than you ought to. Take heed lest you fall. Pride goeth before fall, haughty spirit before destruction. Consider the pit from whence you were dug. Okay, among whom also we all had our conversation in times past, in the lust of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. So see, when we got saved, we went from being children of wrath, because what were you appointed to at that point, had you not gotten saved? You were appointed to wrath, had you not gotten saved, but now we're not. Now I know God knows the beginning from the end also. Okay, I'm just saying if nothing had changed... Today, many are spreading lies and slander concerning the deity of Jesus Christ. Every mind is under attack to turn people to the hordes of the demonic men and women who wish to rule the world under a new religious system called witchcraft. Now, I know I've said that previously, but that's what they're saying too in this article. If they can transform the minds of the masses, they can take possession of the planet and exercise authority over the people as slaves. Absolutely. Biblical truth and doctrine are absolutely imperative for true righteousness and holiness. It is impossible to bring a clean thing out of an unclean thing. How can you have a bad seed yield good fruit? How can a fountain yield both fresh and salt water? The root and the foundation must first be purified and established. If the doctrines are not pure, then the fruit cannot be pure. Now the Bible says in Psalm 11 verse 3, If the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? The words of the Lord are pure words, as tried in a furnace of earth, purified seven times. Thou shalt keep them, O Lord, thou shalt preserve them from this generation forever. Mm. Psalm 12 verse 6 and 7. The words of the Lord are pure words? Huh. And then the Bible also goes on to say, Forever, O Lord, thy words are settled in heaven. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. That's what Jesus Christ said. So I think the word of God is pretty important. Hopefully we've emphasized that today. And we do every, every service. Because I always have to bring it back to the foundational things. If the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? If you're reading a corrupt Bible, your foundation is being corrupted. Your faith is being affected in an adverse way. God is not the author of confusion. He didn't make 200 different versions. Which one's the word of God? When the Bible says, Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven, does it mean every time that Zondervan comes out with a new version, Oh, God's up in heaven putting out the new version up in heaven. Well, that, that's confusion. When a pastor goes up to the front and he's reading an NIV and you got your living Bible and then the person next to you has their American standard, what's the word of God? God's not the author of confusion. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. If the doctrines are not pure, the fruit cannot be pure. For, this is Romans 11.16, For if the first fruit be holy, the lump is also holy. And if the root be holy, so are the branches. Remember what Jesus said, I am the vine, you're the branches, without me you can do nothing? John 15. Well, that's, that's along that line. The Holy Spirit, in the book of Proverbs, said, Proverbs 12, 12, The wicked, listen to this, The wicked desireth the net of evil men. Did you know that? It says the wicked desireth the net of evil men. What does that say about the people that go into these false, particularly charismatic movements? I know I've been there and done it, okay. Not saying God can't bring you out of it. But what about the people that go in and stay in, year after year after year? They've given heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils, they've spoken lies and hypocrisy, and now their conscience has been seared with a hot iron. 
It's almost as though they've been turned over to a reprobate mind, like they talk about in Romans 1.1, 1, 1, or Romans 1, I'm sorry. The wicked desireth the net of evil men. These people that are filing in to Lakeland, desiring the net of this evil man, that doesn't speak well. I pray to God, if it be possible, their souls be saved. But it's not looking real good from a biblical standpoint. Particularly when the Bible says God is going to send a strong delusion, and if it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect. It's that important. I mean, well, this is we're dealing with heaven and hell issues here. This isn't some little peripheral thing. Oh, I got a little bit deceived. No, I, I think it's way more than that. I really do. How can you be demon-possessed to the toenails, have no discernment at all, walk around doing Satan's service, thinking that you're doing God's service, and say you're saved, and have no conviction about it either? Because if you're God's kid, the Bible says, Whom the Lord loveth, he also chasteneth, and if you be without chastisement, then you're bastards. Bastard is an illegitimate son. These people that are going up to Todd Bentley, I don't see a lot of chastening on them. I don't see any. They're brainwashed. So the wicked desireth the net of evil men. But the root of the righteous yieldeth fruit. Good fruit. Are you bearing fruit? What is the fruit of the Spirit? Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, meekness, goodness, faith, temperance. Are you bearing those types of fruits? Are you warning others? Are you praying and fasting? Whatever God's convicting you to do as part of the body of Christ. Just try to bear good fruit every day. It doesn't mean you're going to live a life of sinless perfection. The Lord knows I don't. As Paul said in the Bible, Oh, what a wretch of a man that I am. Who will deliver me from the body of this death? That's how I feel a lot of the time. Not saying that gives me a license to sin either. But I can relate to that verse. So I'm not up here thinking, acting like I'm Mr. Smarty Pants and I'm better than everybody. I'm not saying that at all. So, then he says uh, in Proverbs, the next verse, Proverbs, no, actually Proverbs 12.3, it says, A man shall not be established by wickedness, but the root of the righteous shall not be moved. So, see, the root of the righteous shall not be moved. What that's basically saying is that if you're on the side of righteousness, and if you're in the Word of God, and if you're a born-again, Bible-believing Christian, this should not move you. Everything that I'm going over in all these teachings and all these things, shouldn't move you. I mean, maybe move you to action, but I'm talking about moving you away from the Word of God, from truth. You know what this should be doing? It's confirming what the Bible already says, because we know it said in the end times it's going to be this way. <coughs> as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. Jesus said that. And also as it was in the days of Lot. What was that going on? Sodom and Gomorrah? Sodom and Gomorrah, that was about as wicked as it could get. What do you, all you got to do is look around to see it's getting pretty wicked out there. So it's a confirmation of the Bible. This shouldn't do anything but fire you up and, and get you ready for whatever's coming. So it's like a wake-up call. The book of Job gives an eternal principle. And it says in Job 14.4, it says, Who can bring a clean thing out of an unclean thing? Not one. So how are we going to get anything good out of Todd Bentley? Other than if we're Christians looking on that wicked thing, saying, this is not what you want to do. That's about the only thing good that we can bring out of it. The only thing good I can bring out of Todd Bentley is to expose it. Lest Satan get an advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. 2 Corinthians 2.11 Lest Satan get an advantage of us? Why? For we are not ignorant of his devices. Well, there's a lot of devices of Satan now, more than ever. It's really easy for Satan to get an advantage of us for that very reason. Going further here, this author received a telephone call, the author of this article received a telephone call from an African lady who was being subjected to bondage and demonic subjugation. She had gone to many Christian churches and had decided to return to Africa to seek deliverance. Because she couldn't get any in the, Christ, the American ones. She was studying to become a nurse. Not to say all are bad, I'm just saying the ones she went, she couldn't. 
can find any help. She was studying to become a nurse, but she said that she could no longer endure the demonic attacks against her mind and body. Now, this is a lady that came from Africa, which is called the Dark Continent for a reason. This is where witchcraft is essentially, you know, like the religion. Well, and Muslim. They're a high, high Muslim population. Not to say there's no Christians, okay? But I'm talking the foundation of Africa. If you go back, it was witchcraft, okay? This is where voodoo came into Haiti. Because the African slaves that they brought over, they just repackaged the witchcraft and it became voodoo. All it is is repackaged African witchcraft mixed with some Catholicism. It's like the demonic flavor of the week. So, she had to go back to Africa. Another lady called the author and reported that her husband was being demonically controlled. She went to her pastor, seeking for help. She was told that if her husband needed deliverance, that she should go home and cast the demon out of her husband. No help from the church there either. One young lady had become entrapped in a satanic coven, witch coven. She was attending church with her parents. A young man asked her to go have some pizza. Now this is good, because these are the devices of Satan that we're talking about right now. This is going on in the churches on a pretty big scale. In fact, if you're involved in high-level occult, most of the time, if you're in a witch coven, you will be assigned to a church, and you will be assigned to go there to create as much division gossiping, backbiting, if you can seduce someone, seduce them. As much problems as you can cause. Particularly if it's a soul winning church. Now I know this from, from seeing interviews from other occultists where they say this is so. They were brought up in this way. Particularly people that are generational Luciferians or even Satanists. I mean, you know, Satan's got a job for them. So she was, a, this lady was a uh, young lady was attending a church with her parents. A young man asked her to go have pizza after church. Her parents were thankful that she had met a friend. And what a friend will turn out to be. After she had established a friendship with the young man, he invited her to go to a meeting with him. He took her to a dark warehouse. When they entered, she said the place was full of young people, mainly dressed in black. She said the woman had white makeup and black lipstick. Probably not a good sign. There was a strange fragrances in the air. She saw candles, but the place was very, very dark. She said that her friend took her by the hand and led her to the platform. He introduced her to the crowd as his goddess. Everyone bowed on their knees and began to worship them. She became his companion and attended the satanic meeting regularly and her parents never had a clue. She said they just thought her satanic boyfriend was a fine Christian boy. Telling you, this stuff really happens. She, but see, they don't even have to pretend hardly anymore. I mean, what they've brought the open Satanism into the church. Just look at Todd Bentley. They don't even have to hide it anymore, essentially. She said that this cult was into human sacrifice. Human sacrifice. I mean, if you're into human sacrifice, you're, in the, you're into the highest echelons of black witchcraft. They don't do that stuff on the, on the white level. Human sacrifice is strictly for the black, deep black witchcraft. And then it said, no one could see her soul condition as she sunk deeper into the lifestyle. She was afraid that the group would kill her if she became a Christian. Remember, she met the Satanist in her church and recruited her, and he recruited her right under the nose of her pastor and parents. They had pretty good discernment there. Now, what are these parents letting their daughter go off with some boy for? What, was, what is that about? Why would you let your, your daughter go off with some boy that she had just met? Where's the biblical precedence for that? You know, there's really not a lot of biblical precedence for dating in the Bible. Courting is one thing, in a biblical way, where the man comes to the girl's house, and they may sit in whatever, the parlor or whatever, and, okay. But this whole thing is wrong from the beginning. They, 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 they took their daughter, whom you would think they loved, and they just said, oh, okay, yeah, he seems like a nice boy. We'll, we'll, we'll trust him. They're more to blame than the daughter, because she didn't even know she was getting involved with. That's a whole other subject. But just understand, they're going to be accountable for God for this happening. The parents. 
Not to say the girl's not going to be to blame at all, but the parents are ultimately the one that should not have let her ever go. A parent <clears throat> brought her 13-year-old girl to us. The strange tale was that the girl told her mother it was very bizarre. She said that her friend invited her to go to home, to go home after church. A friend invited her to go to her home after church. The girl announced to her once she got her to home that she was a witch. The Christian girl was shocked, but thought that she was just playing a joke. But it was not a joke. Her friend told her that she could change her eye color, her hair color, and make the furniture levitate. She then demonstrated these magical activities. The new friend tried to get her to join the coven. She said, quote, My mom is the queen of the coven, and she uses me to invite kids from church and school. What do you think of that? Oh, bless God, that don't happen. Now you're really off in left field chasing fly balls. No, I'm not. She gave the 13-year-old some articles, black shoes, black scarf, other things. We went to the Christian girl's home and destroyed those spellbound things and set the Christian girl free. These are just a few things that we could share with you. However, we did so for the purpose of revealing to you that there's no safe place unless you have the knowledge to combat, and also the discernment. I mean, you just don't let your, your, your kids go off with somebody like this. Let's just go through this last part real quick. So this girl gets invited by this other girl. She tells her she's a witch. She said, listen to this. She could change her eye color, her hair color, and make the furniture levitate. And then she demonstrated those powers. Now how impressive would that be to the average kid who's like maybe in front of a video game the whole day? And maybe has seen it on a video game, but never really experienced it. I've seen shows or clips of witchcraft shows, like Charmed and things like this, where, like this one time, I remember this girl was combing her hair, and as she pulled the brush through her hair, it went from, like, blonde to black. As she was pulling the brush through her hair. Changing eye colors. Making furniture levitate. How can they make a furniture levitate? Because the demon who's doing the bidding of the person in order to deceive the other person that they're trying to recruit, has power. And levitating a piece of furniture is not a big deal for a demon. They have power. So when you see that table raise up, it's a demon, or demons, raising it because they're trying to deceive the person they're trying to recruit. So what? My God made the sun come up this morning. He put the stars in the sky, breath in my lungs, life in my body. He did all that. Big deal. You can levitate a thing. I don't care what miracles are going on at Todd Bentley's or whatever lying signs and wonders Satan's going to bring down, bring to the table. He's going to call fire down from heaven. I could care less. He can't touch the Lord Jesus Christ. In the beginning was the Word. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. He created everything. Creator of the universe. Top that, Satan. Sorry, can't do it. He can't do it. So, this is a recruitment tool. So then she goes on to say, my mom's queen of the coven. Usually a coven will have a leader. Usually they'll have a male and a female leader. One will be more dominant certain times of the year. One will be more dominant other times of the year, depending on the uh, astrological chart. Okay? It's the whole divine female-male thing going on. But they were used, she uses me, her daughter, to invite kids from church and school, so that they can recruit these kids, defile them at the earliest possible age, just like Harry Potter does, and then send them back into the church. Happens. Then, in order to curse this little girl and make sure the curse stuck, she gave her some articles, some cursed objects. Black shoes, black scarf, and other things. These things need to be burned, ideally. If you have anything in your house... And, and a, lot of, a lot of people have all kinds of cursed objects in their house. They bring in, unknowingly, and those create doorways and rights for those demons and devils to stay in your house and affect you. This is the real world we live in. 
Now this goes on to say Christians can actually bind and loose supernatural powers according to the Bible, where it says, Matthew 18, 18, Verily I say unto you, whatsoever ye shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever ye shall loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Okay, now I'm not going to go down that rabbit trail today, but I'm, I'm saying there is a scriptural presence. We don't have to just sit back and act as though we're powerless to do anything in regard to this. You can also quote scripture. You can pray and quote scripture. You can pray in precatory prayers. You can fast, which supercharges the prayer. Particularly if you're doing it with two or three people, or more. The problem is, is finding somebody like-minded that's not going to leaven what you're trying to do. Because if you're praying with someone who's not even saved, or let's say, well, probably a bad term, but a carnal Christian, they got all kind of sin in their life, that's probably not the prayer partner you want. So just things to think about here. In order to gain a deeper understanding of those heretical teachings, we need to take a closer look. Bentley, as you know, or may not know, is closely associated with the disgraced Kansas City prophets of Paul Cain and Bob Jones. Paul Cain is a self-professed, unrepentant, homosexual alcoholic. Now this isn't a matter of debate. This is a fact. The Bible says to speak evil of no man. But there's a big difference between evil and truth. The Bible says to mark them which cause division and offenses contrary to the doctrine which you have learned and avoid them. For they that are such serve not our Lord Jesus Christ but their own belly and by good words and fair speeches deceive the hearts of the simple. So, the Bible says we're to do those things. We're supposed to mark them. And heretic, after the second, third admonition, reject. So, what we're doing here is we're just pointing out the obvious. Paul Cain has also closely adhered to the latter reign teachings of the heretic William Branham, which is, the, Branham's the one that used the angel Emma in his services originally, that now Emma's been passed down to other people like Todd Bentley. Branham actually denied the Trinity, meaning the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, and believed that Eve had sex with the serpent. Now, this is the serpent seed theory. I've talked about this in times past. Okay? We don't need the serpent seed theory. Okay? I've proved biblically that that theory has no merit. All we need is Genesis 6. Where the sons of God saw the daughters of men that they were fair and took of them wives that they chose. And out of this union created the giants, or the Nephilim, or the men of old, the men of renown. That's how the seed got corrupted. It wasn't because Eve slept with Satan. You can absolutely prove that biblically, that that wasn't the case. This is the same Branham who had a spirit, or angel guy called Emma that he claimed performed his healing miracles. Oh, imagine that! Same one Todd Bentley's been... Of course, supposedly she's been... All reference of her has been removed from the site. As though that makes a difference. I could care less if he removes it all. It's still wicked. And also believed that he... Um, Brandon believed that he was Elijah, too. Uh, you know, little little sidebar there. Particularly alarming is the fact that Bentley now claims that he has been given Branham's angel. Cain openly declared Branham was the greatest prophet of the 20th century. Paul Cain, this homosexual. Bob Jones, now this isn't the Bob Jones of Bob Jones University, this is the other Bob Jones of the Kansas City prophet movement. Bob Jones was publicly disgraced after having women disrobe in his office to receive the prophetic ministry naked before the Lord. Well, that sounds biblical. Yeah. Right. He is today regarded as one of the fathers of the prophetic movement and is one of the main disseminators of the Joel's army, kingdom now, dominionist, manifest sons of God, the new breed heresies. Now, I've done whole teachings on this, this Joel's army, manifest sons of God. All you have to do is, if you want to know about any of the teachings I've taught on, just enter a couple keywords in whatever phrase you're looking for, one, even one keyword, in the little box on my sermon audio homepage, and it'll bring up all the sermons where I've mentioned those particular things. This is the same Bob Jones who claimed that prophets only need to be 66% accurate. Because we had not evolved to the place where we could handle 100% truth, Doug. Come on! Why don't we just get it, you know? We need to just go with the new new move. So, hey, we only need 66% accuracy. 
of course, that totally goes against what Deuteronomy 18 says, where you got to nail it 100% of the time, if you're a prophet. But no, Bob Jones is, you know, evidently rewriting the Bible. So we only need 66% accuracy. I'm surprised it wasn't 66.6%. That would have been a little bit better, I think. I mean, you know, that would have been a little more uh, prophetically indicative of the spirit that's emanating and operating through him. He also taught that the Kansas City Fellowship was the one true church, and that all others would be assimilated into it. Kind of like the Borg on Star Trek. We will assimilate you. Bentley calls Jones his father in the faith. Bentley calls Bob Jones his father in the faith. This is the same guy that told women, had women disrobe in his office to receive the prophetic ministry naked before the Lord. And just said all these other heresies that we just talked about. 66% accuracy on the prophecies. Hey, you know, it takes the heat off the prophets. Because 66%, they could go around, even if they got none of them right, they could say, yeah, but in Chicago, I got them all right that night, and I brought my percentage up. It's kind of like having a batting average, you know? Yeah, but you don't know what my full batting average is. You know, I know I never, I hardly ever get them right, but in other cities I get them right most of the time. So my batting average, it brings it up. Maybe they can have like their own little baseball stats, like ERA. They can have their own little baseball cards. Bob Jones, Paul Kane, you know, their little stats on the back. You know, how much, how right they get the prophecies and, you know, what heresies they're teaching this week, what, what fallen angels they're emanating and operating through. It could be, you know, we could start a little, uh, little kind of prophetic card company. You know, something to think about. Anyway, sorry, just teasing. Go ahead. So what exactly is this doctrine that they are disseminating in these modern day revivals and outpourings? The basic tenets of their teaching is that Adam lost dominion over the earth in the Garden of Eden. They believe that the church mandate is to recover it physically. This is dominionism. We take dominion back over the earth. And then they says they eschew the hope of heaven. Instead, they, they don't really... They don't really care about heaven, because they believe they're going to establish their heaven here on earth, literally. They're going to take dominion over the earth, they're going to institute us back under the Old Testament, Levitical, particularly the Ten Commandments system, and set up a penal system where, you know, if you, you disobey these commandments, you will die. Okay? And I went over this in my dominion teaching, I'm not making this stuff up. This is what they believe, this is what they teach. And, um... It's going to get so good on earth that Jesus is going to have no choice but to come back and set up his kingdom after man has done all the work. So it's all about the pride of, look what I did. I'm so holy. I did, you know, this is the whole Rick Warren thing with the emerging church. We're going to, we're going to make it so good. We're going to make this utopia on earth. We're going to end hunger. We're going to establish educational systems. And yet the Bible clearly predicts that we're going to be moving into this wicked, evil time when the Antichrist is going to arise, and yet they just choose to ignore all that. And this is what happens when you get away from the Word of God. You get deluded and deceived. You know, the devil will meet you at your need. He will meet you amply. You want to get away and stray from the Word of God? He'll be there for you. He'll be there for you to take your hand right into hell. He will. He's more than happy to. It's what he's, in fact, that's what he's best at. So instead they desire dominion here on earth. They believe it is their right and their inheritance to rule and reign, dominate and subdue. They want to rule earth and all of its inhabitants. They aspire to purge the earth of all of its evil and bring everything under submission to their authority. What will happen uh, to those who wish to not be dominated? They Simply they'll die. Now I'm not saying God can't preserve a remnant, but just bear in mind that these same people that are within this movement, like with Todd Bentley, and all these apostate reprobate churches, you have to ask yourself the question, are these congregations moving further away from God, or further toward the devil? Because they're either doing one or the other. What does that tell you? The logical conclusion of that is these churches are all going to end up on the side of the Antichrist. And that's why the Bible says that there's going to come a time that when they that kill you will be thinking they're doing God's service. They're going to be that demonically deluded and brainwashed that they're going to they're going to think they're doing God's service. And when they take 
the mark of the beast, they're going to think they're doing God's service then too. I don't understand how somebody could have a King James Bible and not see what's obviously going on. Or at least have a clue. They don't see it. They're blinded. Willingly ignorant. Desiring the net of the evil. They desire it. So who will lead us into the restoration of all things? Certainly not Jesus, according to them. They teach that it will be the newly restored five-fold priesthood. According to intotruth.org, quote, the five-fold priesthood is supposed to emerge in the end times to restore the church to perfection. Apostles, prophets, teachers must prepare the way, Doug. Come on. Get with it. Right? See, the Word of God's not enough. No. It's just never enough. We need to have this new revelation. That's what they believe. They must prepare the way, like John the Baptist did, for the appearance of the Christ. Oh, they're preparing the way, all right. Todd Bentley's doing a good job of preparing the way for most likely Lord Maitreya making his appearance, who I believe is a very, very high likelihood candidate for the Antichrist. I've done whole teachings on him. Just Ken Maitreya will betray ya. Sorry. Anyway, just Maitreya will we'll do it. And so, they believe that these people are going to usher in their, their Christ. The restoration... See how this all plays in, though? When the Antichrist appears, they're going to believe it's Jesus Christ, or whoever they perceive that to be. I mean, Muslims are waiting, you know, for Imam Mahdi, the Buddhist, the fifth Buddha, Hindus, Krishna, Christians, Jesus Christ. The devil will meet them at their need. He will. You watch. The restoration of the gifts and ministries to the church is designed to bring in its fullness. Now, if all these signs and miracles and all these other things truly were really being done in a biblical way, and were really getting people right with the Lord, and people were living holier and holier, and and, and it biblically lined up right down the line, I really couldn't say a whole lot. I'd kind of have to sit here silent. But it's not. It's doing the exact opposite. The fruit of it is rotten. It's leading people away from the Word of God and into deception. We are supposed to be fruit inspectors as Christians. Okay? To judge righteous judgment. He who is spiritual judgeth all things. The kind of judgment you don't want to use is hypocritical judgment when you have a beam in your own eye and you're judging the speck in your brothers. That's the kind of judgment Jesus warned against. But he also said judge righteous judgment. Because the church isn't judging properly and righteously, because they are not righteous, things are deteriorating. These authoritative, authoritarian leaders will judge and purge the church until it is one undivided body in the earth. Thus the restoration churches have adopted a teaching more familiar to us as the ascended masters of the new age who come to lead us into the spiritual transformation. That's exactly what's going to happen. Every one of these people who they're waiting for, whether it's the Buddhists, the Hindus, the Christians, the Muslims, they're going to have their own deity come on the scene. And they're going to call themselves the ascended masters. Or that's what they are calling themselves. And each one of these are going to go to their particular denominational sects of followers and say, hey, this is the deal. You guys have had it partly right, but not all the way right. We're going to show you the true path. You've misinterpreted, in, in the Christian's case, the Bible. In the Muslim's case, the Quran. We all need to get in unity and all get on the same page and usher in this one world religion of Antichrist. Or they're going to call him the Christ. And we, all, we can all be one big, happy, utopian, pagan, satanic family. That's what they're going to say. And you're going to have the line signs and wonders to boot. And all the government technology that's available. And the spirits, rampant. They're already rampant. Can you imagine when all this goes down? Men's, fa- men's hearts failing them for fear of what's coming on the earth. Probably you're going to have this in conjunction with World War III. telling you it's coming. I'm excited about it. I am. Be excited. 
happen. Might as well be excited about it. Be th- thank God that you're not deceived about it. Because it's coming. It's going to deceive the whole world. If you're one of those people that actually know the difference, you know God's put you in a very special position. He needs you in order to be His ambassadors and emissaries on earth because there's going to be so few. They're going to have a clue of what's coming and what's going down. I'm not saying He has to have us. I mean, but I'm saying He's going to use the body. He always uses His believers to accomplish His will on earth. So these teachings of beliefs are blatantly Gnostic, what we were just talking about with the dominionism. The term Gnosticism comes from the Greek word gnosis, meaning the ultimate knowledge, or hidden knowledge. It is neither religion nor philosophy, but rather a collection of knowledge gathered through direct experience with the spirit world. The Gnostics teach that salvation is obtained through knowledge. Gnostics believe that the knowledge necessary for salvation has been revealed through Jesus Christ, but they believe that He was the pattern Son, so to speak, to lead us into the cosmic Christ consciousness, where we evolve to become gods ourselves. Isn't that the first lie that was told to Eve in the Garden of Eden? You know, the reason God doesn't want you to eat the, the tree of, uh, you know, knowledge of good and evil is because you'll be as gods. Ooh, wow, I can be as a god? Where do I sign up? So she ate the fruit, the forbidden fruit. God only imposed one restriction in the Garden of Eden. You know, I mean, it wasn't like he was asking a lot. Now, I'm sending out this week a, uh, uh, actually a little, um, there's these Satanists that are up on the internet, and they've got this series. It's like, called Satanic Opinions or something. And they've got, it's like, I don't know how many part series. I watch several of these, because I like to see the devices of Satan, and they go, they devote more time to trying to debunk the Bible than any other thing on any of these segments. They read more of the Bible than they do the Satanic Bible. They try to show how God's this God of, of hypocrisy and war, and he's, how he's a liar, and all these other things. And, I, and I'm, I'm listening to this guy do a Bible study, and I'm thinking, this is so easy to debunk what he's saying. He's totally misinterpreting and, and throwing his own spin on this, and all the Satanists are in the audience like this. Oh, he's a terrible God, and this and that. And you know what it boils down to? They don't want to have to answer to a holy God. They want to live like pagans and devils, and they want to be like their father, the devil, and they want to also be able to justify it. They want to be able to feel good about it, because the God we serve is this and that and this and that, they would say. It was... But they actually, I'm going to send out a clip, you can watch, it's only about a minute and a half, where he, he explains the origins of Ishtar, I mean Easter, sorry. And how it has to be time with Ostara, and how this is how pagans celebrate it, this is how Christians celebrate it. It was actually very, very accurate. It was probably the most accurate job I've ever heard of describing that pagan holiday. And the hypocrisy, they look at the Christians, it's saying, you... You stupid Christians, you celebrate this pagan holiday and you call it Christian. And they're right, and we're wrong. Of course, I don't celebrate it, and I'll devise you. But I did a whole teaching on this. And Xmas, and Halloween, the whole nine yards. You know. So, if we go further. So, our salvation, according to the Gnostics, is dependent on knowledge and not on the shedding of Christ's blood for the remission of sins. This sounds like the lie of the same serpent who told Eve that her eyes would be open if she would be, and she would be like a god if only she would take of the forbidden fruit. I already mentioned that. The Gnostics hold that there is a spark of knowledge that resides in an elite few. It is no coincidence that the Florida outpouring with Todd Bentley in Lakeland was touched off by a, in a church called Ignite. Ignite? They're obsessed with fire. Ignite Church. Stephen Strader's church of the Carpenter's Home Church movement. Okay, where a lot of this stuff started years ago. The Laughing Revival with Rodney Howard Brown. It's, it's like it's come full circle. Salvation thus comes through the liberation of the spark from the body. Essentially, the modern Gnostics seek the cosmic salvation through the liberation of the spark. Only when these sparks have been liberated can the world evolve to godhood. Essentially, the modern Gnostic is looking to perfect the world. 
They believe that they will literally co-create the conditions necessary for the second coming, which they believe will not be a literal coming, but will be the full advent of the Christ consciousness on earth. Yeah, well, so does Lord Maitreya. Lord Maitreya's website pretty much teaches the same thing. They do not need to look for the literal Christ, since they believe they are the Christ. Those who are unwilling to evolve, which of course would be all true blood-bought, born-again Christians, will be purged from the earth. Well, remember, God always does preserve a remnant. So don't fear that either. Remember, the fear of man bringeth a snare. This is identical to what New Agers proclaim. Quote, all who wish to enter the New Age on... Now, this is from Alice Bailey in her book, The Rays and the Initiation. The Initiations. Page 554 to 5... Or, 754 to 755. She says, quote, All who wish to enter the new age on the physical plane must undergo an energy activation or a rebirth, usually marked by a subjective, trance-induced, quote, light experience where one meets either a spirit guide or one's higher self. This altered state of consciousness will eventually lead to a Luciferic initiation into the new humanity or a vow of allegiance to Lucifer as God. Those who cannot or will not or those who are not sufficiently developed in their spiritual journey will be sent on to their next life in a global cleansing action. End of quote. Sounds a lot like what's going on up at Bentley's. I mean, or, or in these things. The, these people were having these altered states of consciousness. They're coming out of their totally changed. Trance-like states. Stupors. Electric shock-like sensations going through the bodies. Blabbing all these crazy tongues. You know, a witch would fit in. I guarantee you there's all kind of witches up at Lakeland. They're loving this. They're loving it. They get to have their cake and eat it too. Hey, they can go there and, and, and put their curses on Christians with their satanic tongues. Of course, the other Christians are probably doing the satanic tongues too. That happens a lot. They don't even know what they're saying. There's nobody there to interpret. And everybody's doing it in unison. Totally unbiblical. And, um, you know, they get to go there and open the portals and the stargates and let more demons come in and possess more people. And my people love to have it so, as the Bible says. The thing that alarms me most is that not is that is not that the Gnostics, the New Agers, and the occultists are speaking heretical mistruths. Indeed, we expect them to. The alarming thing is that these mistruths have leached into the soil of the charismatic movement and spread their poisonous vines into the other mainline denominations. A little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. See, a lot of these mainline denominations are jumping on board. You know why? The signs and the wonders. It's causing the Presbyterian to rethink things. Or the Charismatic Catholic... Well, Charismatic Catholic's already there. They're already in, in it for the signs, line signs and wonders and miracles. All that. But a lot of these more conservative ones... I've even heard Baptists that are having to take a look at this because the signs and wonders to them they can't deny. How can you deny it? Betty Lou got healed. I know her. She's healed. Maybe there's something to this Todd Bentley guy. Maybe I need to rethink things. They are now being shed abroad by these so-called revivals and outpourings which propels their aggressive agenda. Now, is this a conspiracy theory? No. Indeed, it is a conspiracy fact. These self-styled prophets and apostles are tightly networked and highly organized. They prophesy and declare things, and then they work behind the scenes to bring these things to pass. Sometimes. One will prophesy and then the others will back him up. One will lie and the others will swear to that lie. That's another reason they, they, can, they, they can do what they do. It is amazing to me that because of their efforts, what was once thought of as heretical and highly blasphemous is now accepted as fact. Perhaps no man has done more to further this cause of Gnosticism and New Age philosophy in the church other than Rick Joyner. His beliefs are carbon copies of those propagated by the Gnostics, occultics, occultists, and New Age movement. In his book, Civil War in the Church, <laughs> Joyner claims that war is between the Greys, not the Grey aliens, but the Greys, who he terms as the conservative legalists. I 
guess that would be me. I'm a gray. I didn't know I was a gray. I'm not from this constellation Zeta Reticuli, like a gray alien. I, 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 I kind of take offense to that remark. Anyway, sorry, just kidding. But he, he says there's this, there's this war between the greys, who he terms the conservative legalists. Oh, how dare we want to go by the Bible? How dare we want to be conservative like the Bible tells us to be? We're just not with it. And then, it's between the greys and the blues. The blues are those holding the new knowledge, or the new order. This is what Rick Joyner one of the main guys in this whole Kansas City Prophet Emerging Church movement. Manifest Sons of God. These greys, according to Joyner, must accept the, quote, new Christianity or be removed from the earth. Is that so? Indeed, we greys may pay with our lives for our adherence to the biblical principles and awake to find that those who have betrayed us were the very ones we deem most spiritual. Well, I hope that's not the case. Because I hope you're not deeming any of these devils spiritual. Now listen, when I was a charismatic, I was big into Rick Joyner. I read his book, uh, I don't know, like some of that journey book or whatever. I'm telling you, man, you talk about fiction. You talk about Almost an occult fantasy, but done from a very Christianized standpoint. Oh, it's, it's, it's a piece of work. It's unbelievable. I'm not going to tell you to go read it. I don't even remember the title. God probably don't want me to remember it, because I don't want anybody to go out and buy it. You don't need to go buy it. But before I knew what the Word of God was, and, and while I was still in the charismatic movement, I read that book, and it greatly affected me. I couldn't wait for the next book. I can remember the guy I was working with up at that time, we were up in Tallahassee, and he said that he had went to one of his conferences, and he said that if, if, um, if everything's just right, the glory cloud will come down. And he said he actually saw the glory cloud. The guy, I'm pretty sure the guy I was with did. And he said that, but it was funny, because he said that so many people that were there... At the same time, he would look around and, and say to like the guy next to him, "Hey, you know, you know, this glory cloud came down, and everything. But you know, what do you think is the percentage of people that are in the flesh that are here? You know what I mean? In other words, he knew that there was a lot of people that were just there, and they were totally in the flesh. They weren't of God. They were acting like crazy people. Who knows what they were doing? Maybe slithering around the floor, or barking like a dog, or whatever they do." And he even knew, as deceived as he was, there was a lot of carnality going on. Just like Azusa Street, which was the, essentially the foundation of the charismatic Pentecostal movement. The same thing there, all kind of demonic manifestations. And yet that's, the, that's one of the modern day foundations of, of the Pentecostal movement. Now if the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? It never had a good foundation. It never had a biblical foundation. So then you have to question anything and everything that would spawn from it. Oh no, you're wrong. I know what I feel. Yeah, your heart's feeling it. But it don't line up with the Word of God. I'm just a conservative legalist. I'm a gray. Whatever. But I'm telling you, Rick Joyner's very, very, very good at what he does. Now I know he's come out with subsequent books after that. Um... I can see, I was going down this road. When I was in the charismatic movement, if I would have stayed in it, I would have logically went down this exact road where Bentley's at and Rick Joyner and all. And I mean, I'm not saying that because I'm proud of it. I'm saying that's the road I was heading down before the Lord really opened my eyes to this. That was the road. Joyner admonishes us to throw off the bonds of slavery of the old revelations and embrace the new revelations or the progressive revelations of the latter reign. He teaches against the literal second coming and labels those who believe in any rapture as having an escapist mentalities. You know, they're the ultimate escapist because they don't believe anything bad's going to happen at all. They're going to make things so good that Christ is going to come back, he's going to have no choice once they take dominion over the earth. Talk about a power trip. You know? They're the ones that have the ultimate escapist mentality because they just deny the Bible. 
They have to deny the whole book of Revelation, obviously. In its place, we are looking for the rising of a victorious church that will put all enemies under her feet. The teaching sees Christ invisibly manifest in his ruling and reigning church. The emphasis no longer is on Christ or the Bible, but the church and its new self-styled governing apostles and prophets. Yeah, you let these devils come to power, they'll put you under the yoke and under bondage. They'll kill you and think that they do with God's service. You let anybody like that get in power, and they'll do the same thing. The purpose of this revival is to prepare those who will accept it to go on to their final stage of development, which will be the merging of God and man. Its purpose is to openly introduce Christians to the esoteric teachings, witchcraft, and draw them away from the true Christ. According to the New Agers, according to New Agers, this is a quote, Charismatic congregations and the mainline churches are entry points into the Aquarian frontier. End of quote. That was from The Unfinished Animal, The Aquarian Frontier, and The Evolution of Consciousness. That was from that book. So charismatic congregations are the mainline churches, and mainline churches are entry points into the Aquarian frontier. Now remember, that book, this is the dawning of the age of Aquarius. We're, we're, we're leaving the age of Pisces, which they say was dominated by Jesus Christ, into the age of Aquarius, and into the age of Aquarius, we're going to have, ushering in that age, a world teacher that comes to the forefront. I believe it's this devil named Lord Maitreya. He's got his own website, it's United Nations sponsored. We've done whole teachings on him. If it's not him, he's going to play a part in it. Okay? I mean, again, I'm not going to get dogmatic about everything here, but I think he's a very high likely candidate. I think we've proven that. But he's going to be the one that is, that is going to usher in the age of Aquarius. And what he says about Jesus Christ is Jesus Christ was, was a great prophet. And he was a good ascended master. But he takes his orders from me. That's what he's saying on his website. I've read it right off there. And he's taking credit for every line, sign, and wonder essentially going on right now worldwide. The Catholic miracles, the Hindu miracles, the Buddhist miracles, the Christian miracles. He's taking credit for all of them. They're saying here, charismatic congregations are the entry points into the Aquarian frontier. I agree. And witches agree too, because they can go there and pray their demonic tongues and put curses on people and, and operate in total confusion and nobody thinks any the wiser. They think, oh, she's such a spiritual person or he's such a spiritual person. Not knowing that they're having curses being put upon them and they're being brought into bondage. Alice Bailey, the mother of the modern New Age movement, claimed that agents would infiltrate the Christian church to modify its message, while adapting it as a vehicle for the universal religion of the 21st century. That's what Alice Bailey said. She said they would come in and infiltrate the churches. What easier church could you infiltrate than a Pentecostal charismatic church, where they're already doing a lot of things that of a witchcraft nature? She said it was going to happen. They're here. They're in the church. They're in the church right now. In greater numbers than probably any of us could ever imagine. It's that real. It's that important. That's why I said, be careful who you're yoking yourself up to. Be careful where you're sending your money to also. Because you're responsible for what ministry you're putting your money in. If you're giving your money to somebody like Bentley, I mean, the guy in the Bible that buried his talent... He was basically thrown in jail by Jesus Christ. He was rebuked by Jesus Christ. He gave that talent back to Jesus and said, Here, I knew you were an austere man. The other ones had doubled their talent. They had doubled their money. But the thing is, is the guy that just buried it was rebuked and thrown in prison. What if you're going beyond that? What if you're giving your money to Satan? What if you've just said, Okay, here's Satan, have your money. Here, Todd Bentley, have my money. Use it for the cause of Satan's kingdom. Now you're at even a worse countability because you've just sown your money to the devil. That's worse than just burying it. At least if it's buried, it's not doing any harm. But if you're putting your money toward an apostate ministry, you're actually doing evil with that money that God gave you. I think that's serious too. To whom much is given, much is required. If he's given you much monetarily, much is required of you to do it in a discerning way. 
Now, granted, there's different ways he can give you things. He can give you knowledge. He can give you this or that. Okay? But it is something to think about. Do you know how many people are sowing millions and millions? I saw this documentary like Benny Hinn. And, like, Benny Hinn typically, I mean, depending on how much money you give Hinn, depends on basically where you sit when you go to his conferences, depending on what kind of preferential treatment you get, depends on what kind of invites you personally get to Orlando to come see him. There was there were people that they were showing on this list that were giving over a hundred grand a year to that devil. A hundred grand of wasted money. You could have fed orphans, widows, found a good ministry to put it in, preferably one that's not 501c3. No, no, let's let's give the money to the devil. Man, I tell you what, if these people make it to the judgment seat of Christ. You know, they're probably going to be saved, yet so is by fire. Now, I'm not saying that's the only thing God judges us by. I'm saying, but it is something that you should look at. The Bible talks about examining yourself to see whether you be within the faith. This type of thing, you know. If we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. Well, something we need to do. Because we're accountable. In 2 Corinthians verse 11, Paul was concerned for believers because as Eve had believed the lies of the serpent... They were believing the lies of the false teachers who were leading them away from devotion to Jesus Christ. Jesus clearly stated that the end days would be characterized by deception, marked by lying signs and wonders. Clearly we are being enticed away to another gospel, another Christ. Our choice is whether we will embrace the truth or swallow this big lie. Luke 11.35 says, Take heed, therefore, that light which is in thee be not darkness. That's a great verse, because these people think that they've got this big light of Christ. I'm a Todd Bentley, look, I'm a beacon for Christ. Yet they don't understand that the light that's in them is actually darkness. They're in utter darkness. And what happens when you get in the dark? You're blind. They can't see. Yet they think they see, but they can't. They're just like the Laodicean church in your age. Okay, I'm going to go ahead and end part two there. God bless you.